on, we can do better than that. Let's give God everything he deserves. He deserves the praise. He deserves the accolades because he is worthy. Not only that, but God does deserve the chase. You ought to be chasing. Everything else you've chased, it has brought you sourness and bitterness and sadness. But when you chase after God, you chase after the good things. Because he is a good God all the time. And all the time, he is a good God. Let's give God a hand clap of praise. Look, we want to, uh, we want to continue worshiping the Lord, but we worship him in song. And now we want to worship him in the word. You know, I pray that you all have prepared your hearts and your minds and put up your spiritual receptors and antennas so that you can actually absorb what God has to say this morning on this awesome first Sunday, mid-2022, where the world is full of chaos and hellistic happenings, and everywhere you look, there's a problem, there's a death, there's a gun, there's agony and pain, there is injustice, and whatever other morbid and sad description you want to give it, but we as children of God have to say, regardless of what it is, God is still in control. How many of you believe that? How many of you believe that even in the midst of chaos, there is still order? And God allows what God allows until God don't allow it anymore. And we believe in our hearts that as we live and as we walk the face of the earth as children of God, that we are nothing but sojourners anyway. I have a temporary visa. I'm only here for a little while. You know, I'm on borrowed time. And I'm ready when my time is up. Somebody say, I'm ready when my time is up now. Like they say, you know, life is hell and then you die. <laughs> You know, tell your neighbor, make the best of it while you can. You know, love your family, love your friends, love your job as much as you can. And most of all, love yourself. At least for once in a while, love on yourself. Buy yourself a meal. Get your hair done. Male or female, you can still do something with your head. You know, I mean, if it takes a razor to make it fall, if that looks better, whatever it takes, just do something for yourself. Amen. Go get your toes done. Or, you know, hey, look, you know, I know that's the new thing for men. You know, we getting manis and petties. I hadn't been able to make it to that step yet. Just give me a fingernail file and, a, and some fingernail clippers and I'm happy. But amen. If that's your thing, get to it. Just love yourself. Amen. As we continue into uh, this worship service, I want you to turn into your Bibles to the book of Acts chapter number nine. I'm not going to be front of you all along. I'm going to say a couple of things, let you say a couple of things, and then I'm going to say one or two more things, and then we're going to get out of here. Amen. But you know, the trick to all of that is that when I say a couple of things, you need to say a couple of things. Amen. If you're making me say everything by myself, we might be a little bit longer, because I'm going to think you didn't get it. Amen. Uh, in the book of Acts, chapter number nine, 
Let's look at verse number three. Acts chapter nine, verse number three says, and as he journeyed, he came near Damascus and suddenly there shined round about him a light from heaven. And he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And he said, who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. He said that, uh, Luke says that he was traveling to Damascus, and suddenly there shined a light all around him. And then Saul asked the source of this light, who in the world is this? And the source of the light said, I am Jesus. And I just want to talk for a second on the subject. The shepherd shined on me. The shepherd shined on me. You know, I, I, I won't deny or fake the facts as far as how my life was when I was younger. I had issues, anger problems, short temper you know, probably slightly mentally unstable, uh, you know, a, a few violent tendencies and, you know, just things that, you know, you don't want to see in a civilized world. Um, I, I offered those things to society. I might have been called uh, to some degree a thug or uh, just a, a simple old menace to society. And, and I realized something that in the midst of all of my foolery and all of my uh, uh, bad behavior that uh, I needed a change. And the more I talked about I needed a change, it seemed like the more I got worse. Uh, the more I was determined to get my life right, it seemed like the more wrong I got. When I ran from trouble, trouble had a way of outrunning me and chasing me down. When I thought things were going better, whoop, here it comes again, more trouble. You know, I, I remember the times when I was doing good for six months and then all of a sudden something that happened two years ago catches up with me. Hey, brother, I don't even remember you, but hey, let's deal with it. And in those instances, I discovered that I was not able to change my life myself. Ah, so many people are so con are just, just deceived uh, on the fact that they think that they can just alter their lives all by themselves. They can make things better. They can change the way things are. But I've discovered that, you know, you can read a million self-help books, but if you don't get help from heaven, you're going to still have some issues. Uh, and, and I see that in the life of Paul. Paul, uh, before he was Paul, his name was Saul. Saul had the, 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 the accolades of humanity. Saul was such a bad boy that the Bible talks about uh, before he went down Damascus Road, he had the power to go before the priest and ask the priest for permission to go out and kill the Christians. Oh, that's a sad thing when you got so much power that you can take the spiritual and turn it into the, uh, the mortal, or shall I say the immortal, and turn it into the mortal. When you can take the spiritual and make it carnal. It's sad when you have so much power 
in your being that you can convince people that are inclined to do right to do wrong. Oh, that's a dangerous place to be. And, and, and you need to watch out for people who got that kind of power over you that can make you and convince you that doing wrong is good. When you, when you find yourself being mentored by people that don't educate you on nothing but teaching you how to do wrong the right way and you feel good about it, oh, you're in trouble. And here it was that Paul was able to convince the priest, hey, man, I need to go down here and kill some more of these Christians. Paul was so bad that the Bible says that when they stoned Stephen to death, that while they were stoning Stephen, that they were laying their garments at Paul's feet. While they were uh, 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 judging Stephen, they were worshiping Saul. The Bible even goes as far as to say that uh, after they buried Stephen, that they looked to Saul for answers. They compared Stephen and Saul twice in the Bible. Luke found it necessary to talk about this good man and then come back and, and compare and contrast him to this bad man. Isn't that interesting? And the interesting part about it is that in the midst of comparing them, we discover that Christ was in the middle of it because the Bible says that when Stephen was dying, that he looked up to heaven. And, and while he was talking to the Sanhedrin, he looked up to heaven and said, oh, my Lord, I can see Jesus now standing by God, sitting at the right hand of God. And, and, and the people got so mad, said, this man is delusional. And they said, because he said what he said, they took him outside and stoned him to death. I believe in my heart that what was happening at that moment was Jesus was looking down because they, Jesus knew that the Sanhedrin was not going to make a decision without Paul's consent. And Paul consented to the killing of Stephen. I can see Jesus looking down saying, uh-huh, yeah, yeah, you think you got it going on now. But I got, I got plans for you, my brother, because Jesus knew that in the midst of them being so different, they were the same. Two men, same character, but on different aisles of the debate. Because we know, if you read the story of Stephen, although it's short, it tells you Stephen was a devout man, respected by his peers. He was a hardworking deacon that went about doing good serving the elders, serving the widows, serving the church, day after day, sending the message of hope, sending the message of Christianity, sending the message of salvation, and he gained the respect of his peers, and he gained the hatred of his enemies. The Bible says that they stoned because he was not afraid to talk about Jesus. You know, a lot of us still have our jobs simply because we're afraid. 
to put Jesus in the conversation. A lot of y'all are still in that same miserable relationship because you're afraid to talk about Jesus. A, a, a lot of us right now, you know, life is good. But you're leaving Jesus out of the equation. And Stephen's whole life was predicated upon his conversion and his conversation. Now, everybody, you know, everybody don't have what Stephen had because, you know, Stephen was so bad. Stephen was working miracles. Stephen, Stephen had the Holy Ghost in him to the point where he was healing folks. Everybody don't have that, but what you have is designed to be used for the glory of God. Now understand something about this scenario. Jesus saw that Paul was in the middle of the fray. And Jesus had already planned to meet this man on the road to Damascus. Ah, some of y'all don't even know you. You're trying to figure out how you got here. God had already set it up. He had already, you tell me, I don't know how it happened. I just ended up in church. No, God had already planned it. He, he, he planned the misery. He planned the mess. And then he planned the conversion. And in Saul's situation, sadly, somebody had to die before Paul lived. This is the sadness of life. And I'm just giving you, you know, this little introduction because I need you to understand how God operates sometime in our lives. Sometimes it doesn't work out the way we think it should have worked out for somebody. But there's always somebody coming up next. Question is, are you in line? And when you are, when you're chosen, when you're called, you better understand something. You can be replaced. As a matter of fact, let me take that back. You will be replaced. None of us are meant to be here always. None of us were meant to be on top always. No world power has ever been in world power throughout the generations and the years and the eons of life. No, everything that makes it to the top at some point will fall. It's the cycle of life that happens over and over and over again. And we got to realize and accept that when you're not there anymore, it's just not your time anymore. Some of us need to learn how to bow out gracefully. Because everybody's not going to go like Stephen did. But understand something. As Stephen left, God was already preparing to grab hope to Saul. And it's a beautiful thing. Because what God did was make sure that who he replaced Stephen with matched Stephen. Matter of fact, as we look at Paul, Paul was a bad boy. Paul might have been a little bit more than Stephen. He had a greater purpose and he had a greater suffering. 
And so the story tells us, it says that he, was, he went and got permission uh, from the chief priest to go out and persecute the Jews. And then on his road to uh, Damascus so he can start his persecution, Christ stopped him in his tracks. The Bible says that the light shined. And as the light shined, God spoke. Christ spoke to him. And when they had a dialogue, the first thing that Paul asked was, who are you, Lord? Now, let me tell you something. Uh, some of us will never figure it out until we have what Paul had, an encounter. What people told you won't mean nothing. What you heard the preacher say won't mean nothing. What you heard in the song, no matter how it made you feel, it don't mean nothing. And it won't mean nothing until you have an encounter. Some of us just show up for church and we look like stones on the road, but that's because you hadn't had an encounter. Some of us haven't changed yet because still you've been going to church for 20 years, but you the same old raggedy something simply because you still hadn't had an encounter. Oh. You know, I can tell you something. It's some things I could have done, would have done. Sometimes I feel like I should have done. And the reason I didn't do it is because when I had that encounter, it changed me forever. Talk about me. Lie about me. Put your hand in my face. Threaten my life. Whatever you got to do, you can guarantee one thing. That this encounter that I have lets me know that I'm protected and the battle of this here uh, spiritual warfare, it's not even mine. I can use these all day, but I'll still lose. If I put you to the ground, if I beat you the mess out of you, I'm still going to lose. It's not until I put these down and put these up that I'll discover I got the ability to win. Because I don't fight with flesh and blood. I fight with spiritual Weaponry. Oh, man. Paul had an encounter that left him in a state of continual conversion. Paul experienced something that made him say, you know what, man, ain't no way in the world you're going to tell me Christ ain't real. When you see a real Christian, Ooh, boy, I tell you, when you see one of those Christians that are lit up like a firebird, mad as all mad can be, and they don't do nothing but sit there and cry and pray, knowing right, they, they want to go get the gun or they want to go get the knife or they want to just give you some words that will cut deep to your soul. But instead, they go into their closet and they start praying for you. They don't pray about you, they pray for you. That's when you got somebody that had an encounter. When you're talking about somebody, and I'll give it to them, uh, 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 Connie and Lenora and Lenita and, and Enrica and all of these, and, 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 you know, Patricia and all of these people that show up Sunday after Sunday, and Michelle and all of these people that show up Sunday after Sunday after Sunday. Ain't no need in asking them why they showing up all of the time. Ain't no need in asking them what they doing here when they don't have to be here, when they shouldn't be here and they still here. I'm sure if they had the opportunity to answer your question, they'll tell you I had an encounter. 
and my mama wasn't there and my daddy wasn't there and my kids wasn't there. It wasn't nobody but me and God. And I might not have been on my knees literally, but I guarantee you I was humble to the point that I felt so weak and beggarly and peonish that I thought to myself, I don't even deserve to live. Thank you, God, for your grace and mercy. That's what I discovered in my encounter. And you look at the story because here these guys, he had about two or three guys with him. And the Bible says that when, when God stopped them on Damascus Road, that the, that, the, that the people that were with him said, man, I don't see nothing. All I do is hear a voice, but I don't see a darn thing. Let me tell you what that's evidence of. That's evidence of Christ saying, I'm isolating you because I don't want nobody else in our conversation this between me and you and this encounter is going to seal you forever uh, uh, yes, yes, I don't think y'all get it man we talking about a God that ain't got to call you at all and he took the time out of his busy schedule to come to you and say, I want you for my own. He says, I want to be your shepherd. And let me tell you something about this thing, shepherd, that makes the reason I use the word shepherd is because what he did with Paul is what he did with us. One of the, the, the word shepherd basically means, uh, it's two words combined, sheep and herdsmen. Christ looked at his flock and said, it's enormous. But I still want you. Christ took the time in the midst of all of those that he was leading. And he herded you in. He says, you're just as important. Even though I have many. And understand this thing about shepherd. The first shepherd was Abel. Killed by his own brother. The first shepherd of salvation. The first fruits of salvation. Was Christ himself. Killed by his brothers. The first people to get the message of salvation were the shepherds. When the angels went to him and said, go tell it on the mountain, over the hills, and everywhere. Tell them what, brother angel, that Jesus Christ is born. The definition, or shall I say the character of a shepherd, is that a shepherd is one of those people that are full of character. They are stern in their message and not afraid to tell you the truth. Stephen was that way. Paul was that way. Christ is that way. Paul was chosen to take the place of the one he consented to kill him. This is going to get 
very interesting right here. Because in the midst of him converting Saul, he sent Saul on to Damascus. The word Damascus, or shall I say that city, Damascus, is the symbol of transformation. So what you talking about, Rem? What's the big deal with that? Because all of us have traveled a road. And we went on that road with one intention. And by the time we got where we were going, Christ had changed all of that. I don't know if that's your testimony, but I, you know, I was trying to get my life the way I wanted it. But everything I did went wrong. I tried one thing and it didn't work. Tried something else. It didn't work. I said, well, you know what? Forget all of this stuff. I'm going to go to church and see if I can get something there. And even in church, I wasn't trying to be no preacher. I was just trying to learn how to do right. That's all I wanted. But then one day, I experienced something, my own encounter with Christ. And I discovered that I wasn't just called to be a Christian. I was called to walk a different walk. And let me tell you something about this walk right here. This walk requires some type of conversion. Because, see, when I'm sitting in a pew, that's one thing. But when you're in spiritual leadership, oh, my God, that's a whole nother something. Because I don't know if y'all know it, but dealing with people ain't easy at all. People will cuss you out, and as soon as you frown, oh, you're supposed to be a preacher. You ain't, you ain't supposed to be acting like that. I've been a human way long before I was a preacher. <laughs> and you don't even know how, 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 how different I've, I've actually handled this situation. A frown is good. <laughs> and so we see that Paul uh, was, was on his way to, to destroy lives. And before it was all said and done, he found himself saving lives. Oh, you know, and I, and I, I hope this is your testimony because I'm going to tell you something. I know the shepherd shined on me. I, I, I know he changed me. And this is my testimony. I, you know, I, because in the midst of living this life, there are a few people that I wish I could have grabbed hope to. There are a few people that I wish I could have been there like Saul was when Stephen died. I wish I could have just witnessed it when it happened. And simply because the shepherd shined on me, I have prayed for him instead of went after him. And I want you to understand something, ladies and gentlemen. As long as you human, you going to have that inkling of a thought, I wish I could get him myself. You ain't got to fake it. It's just the reality of being a natural a human being. It's the nature. That's why he told us a long time. Last time I preached, I told y'all, God looked at us and said, y'all got some evil intentions. And we're getting worse and worse by the day. 
And so you know what's happening now? The people that are learning how to, uh, uh, to adapt and adjust, these are the people that have really got the seal of the shepherd on them. Because let me help you to understand something. Many of us are making it simply because of that. See, you know why the devil hadn't messed with you? Because of uh, 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 Ephesians 1 and 13, where he says we have been blessed with the seal of the spirit of God. And the promise of that seal is that we are protected because that's the main thing a shepherd does. He protects his sheep. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pasture. He leads me beside not the rushing waters, but the still. Oh. He's protecting me when I can't protect myself. He's protecting me from dangers seen and unseen. When my eyes are closed and I'm snoozing in my bed, there's an angel right there saying, oh, shepherd, you want me to keep it? Yes, keep that one right there. He's got a seal on his forehead and you can't mess with him. Somebody say, I got angels watching over me. God said he gave us the seal of promise so that no matter what we look at. See, it's like, it's like when, you, when, you, when you walk into your home and you look at all your paperwork. One of the things that you got to do, you got to get some of those papers notarized after they get signed. And so when people look at your paperwork, they see that seal on the paperwork and say, okay, you good. That's how it is with God. God, God tell you, look, look, I don't care what the demon is, the imp, the follower, the fool, uh, the demon possessed, whatever, the nutcase, whether it's mental instability, whatever the case is. So many times you will discover that people are not touched. Tornadoes will miss your house. Trees will barely touch your, uh, touch your bedroom that you're sleeping in. Why? Because even the trees see the seal. Oh, we serve a good God. See, we, we, some of the things we take for granted, but there's some stuff working. It's some people working behind the scenes that are making things happen. You think that you just ducking and No, no, you ain't ducking and dodging nothing. Angels are keeping the test of you because of that seal. We're recognized by the seal. Shepherd put on us. Now, here's the other thing. In the book of Revelations, chapter number nine, the Bible says that the fifth angel was set to do uh, destruction on the earth. And God told the fifth angel, go, destroy the plants, destroy the earth. But those with the seal, don't touch them. And he says, those with the seal, don't touch them. But those without, I want you to torment them for five months. Some of us have lost loved ones and we can't make it a month. Some of us have lost our boo things and we can't even make it seven days. Some of us have suffered loss and we have found ourselves in the deepest depression. Some of us, I've, I've, I've heard people say, you know what, I can't believe in God because he allowed me to get cancer. 
I've heard people say, I can't believe in God because the folks ain't right. The church folk ain't right. And all I can say is, you, 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 you don't have to sin. Because you know how you get the seal? Confess with your mouth. Believe in your heart. No, I don't. I didn't say believe in your mind. This ain't no mind thing. And God don't play mind games. God never said I test the mind. He said I test the heart. Oh my God. Is God your heart throb? Somebody, you know, just ask yourself. When you think about him, does your heart flutter a little bit? Because trusting and believing in God is not a decision. It's an encounter. When I started believing in Christ, I was convinced this dude here is real. somebody told me not just because I felt something but I saw this dude come up in my soul I, I had the out of body experience I heard Christ talking to me saying I'm here son and I ain't going nowhere trust in the Lord with all thine It's a heart thing. It's not a mind thing, baby. He's not sealing your mind with anything. That way, even if my mind go crazy, I still got him in my heart. Say, I done forgot my name. I don't know who you are anymore. I still got Jesus in my heart. Say, I ain't got but one more day on earth. Say, I can't make it till tomorrow. I still got him in my heart. No matter what goes on in my life, I'm sealed in my heart. And the beautiful thing about God, I can't even lie. Some of us, God done tried to get to you so many times. Knocking on the door of your heart. Hey, it's me, it's Jesus. You won't let him in. Let me give you a bit of advice. It's better to let him in than to make him break in. Because God is that kind of God. He'll break you just to make it. And he was serious when he said that he who tries to save his life will lose it. And he who tries to lose his life will save you. What you talking about, brother preacher? I'm talking about when God knocks on your door and you don't let him in, you know what he does? He breaks your heart. And then he just walks on in. He catches you at a vulnerable state. Why? Because like he said in John, I'm the good shepherd. That word good means beneficial. I know Johnny broke your heart, but I'm going to be the benefit that Johnny couldn't be. While you let him in and he hurt you, I'm going to come in and change everything. Somebody say, the shepherd that shined on me.
I'm going to tell you something because, see, when you get your heart sealed, that's good. But there are going to be some storms in life simply because the world is full of chaos. Understand this, and I'm going to end. When Noah built the ark, the Bible says that he sealed the ark with pitch. The pitch was like a tar, a waterproof tar that sealed the ship and kept the water from coming in. This wasn't just water. This was stormy water. Some of us will go through some things. And God, the Bible says that after all of the animals and all of the family got in, that God shut them in. When the shepherd brings you into his fold, you no longer fly solo. He's always there. Sometimes he will isolate you from the rest of the sheep. Maybe because you need to be sheared. And the truth is that when he closes up the ark, whatever storms come, you're sealed from it. No matter how much the storms rage, the seal will not be broken. This shepherd that we serve, that we follow, if you call him the shepherd, that is a symbol of your humility. That you vowed before God and said, lead me. And you believe, as David said, my steps are ordered by the Lord. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet. As we deal with a light that doesn't shine in all places, but it shines over us. But there will be a day when that light shines in all places. For the Bible says that when we make it to heaven, streets paved with gold, walls of jasper and onyx and emeralds. The Bible says we won't have no sun. There will be no loom. There will be no solar. For the glory of God shall shine And so when the shepherd shines on you, it is a foreshadow of the light to come. If you believe that, give God a hand clap of praise. We serve a good God that allowed us to have that encounter, an encounter that changed our lives forever. What's so funny is that when Paul was introduced to Christ, the Bible says that he ended up blind. It's the reality of God saying, listen, everything you knew, everything you thought, that's about to change. 
Paul was not only deprogrammed, but he was reprogrammed. And so we're here today because all of us believe that at some point we had that encounter. And what I want to say is that if there's somebody out there and you've not had that encounter, if you have not and you know it in your heart, you have not truly met the shepherd. This is the time. Don't let my testimony, don't let the testimony of the saints fall on deaf ears. For the Bible says, he that hath an ear, an ear, let him hear. This is your opportunity. As God said, find me while I can be found. Seek me while I can be found. For there will come a time the night will come and I won't be found. And so we're encouraging you. If you haven't received Christ as your personal Savior, let's take this time. Because all it takes is for you to believe in your heart and confess with your mouth. And Paul said it clearly. He said, that which I believe, I also speak. Don't be afraid to pour out your heart. Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So we encourage you to receive Christ as your personal Savior. Not my Savior, your personal Savior, your personal relationship. And if you're ready to do that, then I want you to repeat after me. Just say, Father, I believe your son died for me. Stayed in the grave three days. Rose with all power in his hand that power to save my soul and get me a place in heaven I believe your love will convert me and prepare me a place not made by hands and if you believe this then give God a hand clap of praise Because salvation is at your doorstep. And not the door of your heart. I mean, not the door of your home, but the door of your heart. And at this time, we want to take a moment and give you all also the opportunity uh, to worship God as we have worshiped in song. We've worshiped in word. Now let's worship in our giving. We want to give you all the opportunity to um, be a blessing to the ministry to the community and to yourself because the Bible says it's more blessed to give than to receive. Um, if you uh, are desirous of blessing the ministry, uh, whether it's your tithes or whether it's a love offering, whether it's just an offering, we want you to just go. Um, you can go to um, a dollar sign victory. Victory, the number four, for you, the letter U, amen, victory, the number four, the letter U, uh, that is a cash app, uh, you can also go to our website and you have the donate button that you can um, choose to give online, um, now along with that, when you go to our website, you also have the opportunity 
Uh, if you would like to be a part of this ministry, even if it's, you know, just a, a cyber membership, we accept that as well. You know, go to our website and uh, hit the button that says join or be a member and someone will get in contact you uh, and attend to you as far as uh, making your membership solid. Now, we have a couple of options, I'm sorry, that we can offer you as far as giving. We have Giveify, Givelify. Uh, we also have, uh, you can text the word GIVE to 833-304-0413. Oh, we even have Zelle. Amen. You can go to Victory Worldwide at Yahoo. Dot com and uh, thank God for technology because we have offered you four or five different options in which you would give. We pray that you will do so. Amen. This time we're going to bless you and give you the benediction that you have a wonderful week and that the Lord will bless you and this message will take you throughout the week until we meet again. In Jesus' name, amen.